Hello, my name is Wayne McGahee III, host of the Locked On Seminoles podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. If you're a returning listener, I really appreciate all the support that you guys have given me through the first three weeks of this podcast. It's really meant a lot, and uh, I've been extremely pleased with the support that I've gotten, so thank you from uh, for, for, for everything. If you're a first-time listener, then and you, and you don't know who I am, I'm the Florida State beat writer for the Tallahassee Democrat. I've covered Florida State for each of the last four years. I started off as an intern with the Scout.com site, and then I moved up to the publisher of the NoelDigest.com site on the Scout Network. Then in August 2016, I got the job as the Tallahassee Democrat beat writer for Florida State. I cover football, baseball, basketball, and recruiting. Every football game, home, away, bowl game, doesn't matter. I'm there. I'll be in Louisville this weekend when Florida State takes on the Cardinals, and we'll get into that game a little bit more uh, here because it is Friday, so that means it is preview day. But for uh, every time Willie Tigert speaks to the media, every time a player speaks, every time practice is open, I'm there. Basketball, I cover every basketball home game as well as postseason games. I was in Nashville and Los Angeles for Florida State's Elite Eight run uh, in the NCAA tournament last year. For baseball, I cover every baseball home game as well as every, any baseball postseason games. I was out in Omaha when Florida State made the College World Series two years ago. I also cover every major and minor recruiting event that Florida State has, like the Saturday Night Live event that happened this past July, or any Junior Day events that happen in late February, early March after signing day. I also cover signing day. So I have a pretty good idea of what's going on around the three major sports uh, at Florida State. So I... Hopefully, I'll be able to bring a, a a pretty good podcast to you guys throughout the year. This is a daily podcast. It's never more than 30 minutes long. So uh, I hope you'll, uh, if, if this is your first time listening, I hope you'll be a continuing listener. And once again, to those guys and ladies who are returning listeners, I really appreciate all the support. But it is it is Friday. It's preview day. It's prediction day. You know, we'll go into it. Um, I'll talk about the Biggest matchups in the first segment here, the biggest matchups for the Florida State-Louisville game. In the second segment, I'll give my three players that I think will have big games and three players that have to have big games. And then in the final segment, I will give my prediction and why I feel that way. So it's going to be a pretty uh, jam-packed podcast, and I really appreciate you guys sticking with me through this. But right now, this is a matchup of two teams that have really struggled offensively this year. I mean... Florida State's averaging 5.1 yards play. Louisville's averaging 4.72. It's Neither offense has been very good. Uh, Florida State did get it going last week, putting up 37 points on Northern Illinois defense that is, is very good, uh, while Louisville got trounced by Virginia 27-3. to uh, They couldn't find the end zone. Florida State found the end zone four times. Uh, against Northern Illinois, and I do believe Northern Illinois' defense is better than the defense that Louisville is going to put on the field, especially on the defensive line. Um, Northern Illinois, the strength of that defense was the defensive line, and I really don't know what the strength of this uh, this Louisville defense is because they just they really don't do anything well. Um, with uh, with Florida State, they they haven't been able to run the ball through the first first four games. They haven't been able to do it. Um, and that comes from just a, a whole bit, whole bunch of combination of things. One, uh, you have the offensive line hasn't been able to get a push up front. Two, 
you, you have your wide receivers who aren't who aren't blocking well outside outside of Tamori and Terry. That that's it's gotten better, but it's still an issue. Florida State's ability to block out wide um, has prevented inability to block out wide has prevented them from turning like four yard gains into ten yard gains. It's it's caused some issues out there, um, and some of the issue falls on 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 the running backs. I mean, Cam Akers has been very impatient when waiting behind the offensive line. He's he's doing a lot of uh, sideline to sideline stuff. I think he needs to, you know, he he did it last year. He was trying to make the big play, and he ended up, you know, instead of getting upfield and getting four or five yards, he would only you know he'd try to dance and he would get two or three. And that's that's been an issue again this year, and he he's got he's got to work on fixing that. Now, granted, you want him to hit those big plays, you know, you you, you want him to hit that eighty-five yard run against Virginia Tech, but you also want him to be able to consistently get you four to five yards rushing, um, and that just hasn't happened yet. Jaquez Patrick has been more consistent than Acres has, though Acres has hit uh, more big plays at this point. So Florida State's gonna gonna need to get the running game going. It's um, you know, it's it's not been a it's not been an easy road for the Florida State offense, but Louisville's giving up four point eight yards a carry to FBS teams so far this year. They um they allowed two hundred and four yards rushing to Virginia, hundred and sixty eight. Like they they haven't allowed less than one hundred and sixty eight yards rushing so far this season. Um, now. Against Indiana State and Western Kentucky, they allowed less than four yards a carry. But against Alabama, it was five point three, and then against Virginia, it was five point two. So, it's against the two FBS teams that they've played. It's it's been a struggle for them to. Uh, or, I'm sorry, Western Kentucky is FBS. But the two Power Five teams that they've played, uh, running uh, stopping the run has been has been a struggle for this Louisville defense. So Florida State's going to have to take advantage of that. They got to get the run game going. They got to get some confidence, and I think that'll help because I do think uh, I think that'll get helped because I do believe that Landon Dickerson will be back starting his first game at left tackle. Um, I do believe that Arthur Williams, who's been playing very well in um, coming off the bench, he's he's played very well coming off the bench. I do think he's going to get the start at left guard, and then I think you have. Alec Everly, Cole Minshew, and Brady Scott on the right side. So I think Florida State should be uh, you know, should be all right on the offensive line this week. It's not the most talented group, but I think it's the most talented group Florida State can put on the field at this, this point in time. So it should be better than what we have seen previously. And I think that Florida State will probably be, probably be able to get the running game going at least a little more than it has uh, over the last four games. The passing game, I mean... Louisville can't be. <laughs> they struggle in pass defense as well. Um, you know, teams are average. Uh, FBS teams are averaging eight point four yards per attempt, which is very high. Um, you know, they they've only gotten two picks. Teams are completing sixty six percent of their passes against them. I mean, it's not it's not been a very good showing for the Louisville defense so far this season. Um, now, granted, Alabama skews that a little bit. They do. Uh, but Virginia completed 65.5% of their passes and averaged 7.6 yards per attempt. I mean, this isn't a, you know, it's it's not just Alabama, which absolutely demolished them, um, but it, it is, like, they've still struggled. I mean, outside of Indiana State, they've they've pretty much struggled to uh, to defend the pass. So it's 
Florida State's going to be able to, or I say going, Florida State should be able to find success in on, on the offensive side of the ball. Um, Louisville's special teams unit is very, very good, uh, but the on offense and defense, Florida State is, should have an advantage. Uh, Louisville's offense is absolutely horrendous. I mean, it's 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 one of the worst offenses in the country. It's about twenty spots worse in the statistics than than Florida State's is. And Florida State, you know, that, that's coming off a pretty good performance against Northern Illinois, but Florida State's offense hasn't really gotten going through the first four games until or through the first three games until last week when they, you know, drove down the field on the first two drives. So this this Louisville offense just hasn't gotten going at all. There's I mean, there's a quarterback competition with one guy who can't throw the ball downfield but can run, and then another guy who just really doesn't do anything well. So we're gonna have to see who starts between Jawan Pass and Malik Cunningham. I'm of the opinion that Malik Cunningham is probably gonna start just because he adds the extra dynamic to what Florida State is going to or to what uh, Louisville's offense is going to do. And the Florida State defense, I believe, has been preparing for them to uh, to play Malik Cunningham. They worked a lot on the read option during practice today, and that's not something or not practice today, practice during the week, and that's not something that Jawan Pass does very well. Um, so Florida State should have the advantage in two of the three phases of the game. Louisville's offense is terrible, and Louisville's defense is you know pretty much just as bad. Now Florida State's offense hasn't been great, but they're better than I believe the Louisville defense. And then Florida State's defense has played very well. So I think Florida State has the edge when uh, when the Florida State defense is on on that side of the ball. Uh, we'll get into which players I think have to step up, which players I think will have will step up, and then I'll give my prediction in the final segment. But before we get into that, we all love a night out, and whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on our favorite team, with Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert, show, or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section row of your choice. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more to save even more money. Go to the App Store, Google Play, and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, no spaces, for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee, so make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. Thanks for sticking with me as we go into this second segment. I'm going to be discussing the three players that I think have breakout games and the three players that I think need to have need to step up. And in the final segment, I'll give my prediction and the reason why. But going into it, here's uh, the we're going to start off with the three players that I believe uh, will step up in this game that I think are going to have big games. And I'm going to start off with Brian Burns. Now, a lot of it's been made about Brian Burns and. He's not getting to the quarterback, and listen, Brian Burns has played extremely well. He's played like 95% of the snaps for Florida State so far this season, and he's got three and a half sacks. He leads the team with three and a half sacks, and he, has, he leads the team with five tackles for loss. And he's he's doing his job. He's never going to be a standout run defender. I think I. I think people understand that. I mean, he just doesn't have the size to be an every down, you know, run stopping defensive end guy like Demarcus Walker. But he is a really good pass rusher. 
Um, he does a good job of getting upfield. He puts pressure on the quarterback, and you know, even though it doesn't turn into sacks a lot, of, you know, a lot of the time. But I mean, he still has three and a half sacks. Even though it doesn't turn into sacks, he's still putting pressure on the quarterback, putting pressure on that offense, and making them have to hurry. And it affects the way that they they're the offense is trying to trying to do things. So he's doing his job. I think he'll continue to do that this week. This Louisville offensive line is not very good. Um, and I do think that that Florida State will be able to to find some success. Louisville's given up 11 sacks in the first four games, so that's not uh, that's not been particularly great. The next player that I think is going to have a big game is going to be quarterback DeAndre Francois. Louisville's pass defense is not very good, and DeAndre Francois has been very good. Uh, I'll say he's been very good in the as far as passing goes not in his reads or anything like that. I think that there's still long a, a lot of growth that we need to see from him making his reads, pulling pulling the ball down when it needs to be pulled. But as far as just in the passing game goes, uh he's been pretty good and he's uh he's going up against the Louisville defense that hasn't been very good so far this season. We talked about that their numbers in the first segment, but Francois is averaging 7.3 yards per attempt. Uh, he's completing 64% of his passes. When when Florida State isn't playing from behind, like significantly behind, and they have a chance to run the football, which hasn't you know hasn't been much this year, Francois has been excellent. Um, I don't think you know that there's he's he's been, he's been very good when he's had to force and put the game on his shoulders. I think that's when you know things have kind of gone downhill a little bit for him. He's when when Florida State's been forced to throw and teams have been able to pin their ears back against the Florida State offensive line and force him to be uncomfortable, Francois struggled a little bit. And that's you know, that's gonna be really any quarterback. But Francois has done a very good job when Florida State isn't, you know, isn't forced into being one dimensional and only throwing the ball because they're so far behind. This um he's been he's been pretty good. So he's had he's had a little luck. He's also had a little bad luck, but I think Francois is going to have a lot of success this weekend against a pretty poor uh, Louisville pass defense. So the third guy that I think is going to have a a breakout game, or not a breakout game, but a standout game, is going to be Tamora and Terry. Terry had the big touchdown. The, The coaches can't say enough about what he does when he doesn't have the ball. He's an excellent blocker. He plays hard every single play. He had the 78 yard touchdown. Uh, He's, you know, he's Florida state's big play threat right now. Um, you know, he has eight catches for 177 yards and three touchdowns. No other Florida state wide receiver has a touchdown this year. I don't think I, I think I just realized that he's the only Florida state wide receiver to have a touchdown this year. Trey McKitty has one and Jock has Patrick has one. All right. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's something, but Tamora and Terry <laughs> is going to have to uh, is, is is going to have a big game. I think they're going to try and get him the ball more than he has been getting. Walt Bell talked about that about you know trying to get him the ball more this week, and you can't keep a guy like Terry, who's fast, physical, just an athletic freak, huge wingspan, huge catch radius, great hands, and works hard. You can't keep him down. He's he's going to be successful, and I think this is a game where he can he can have a lot of success. So 
Those are my three guys that I think will have have big games for Florida State. Brian Burns, DeAndre Francois, and Tamorna and Terry. Now we're going to jump into the guys that I think uh, need to have big games for Florida State. And number one is Cam Akers. You know, we keep saying it. We talked a little bit about it um, in the first segment, but Akers hasn't been the player that we thought he would be so far this season. And we talked about the reasons why the running game hasn't been going, but some of it is on him. Um, He's averaging four and a half yards per carry. He's got 60 attempts for 274 yards. He did get his first touchdown against Northern Illinois. So he has been dealing with an ankle injury. We've seen it. It's been taped. But I don't know exactly how much that's been affecting him. Um, An interesting thing that happened this week that I talked about on an earlier podcast this week, I believe it was Tuesday's podcast, was that Akers went through null drills for the first time. This uh, first time since the season started, it had been just Anthony Grant and Amir Razul going through it. Now, Akers took his turn on Tuesday and Jacques Patrick took his turn on Wednesday. You know, so I do think that that's like sending a message to Cam like, hey, you've got to work, you know, you, you've got to work harder. But I think it's also saying, hey, you know, we believe in you. We're going to continue to work. So I think, there, you know, by doing that, I think that with the with the touchdown that he got last week and the belief that the coaches the coaches know that he can be a great player you know and there's a belief that he can be an you know a like an all-world player you know one of the best running backs in Florida State history so he's going to have to continue to go out and and show that but he also needs to take a step back and trop, stop trying to be that player immediately. He needs to go out and he needs to get those four or five yards like I was talking uh, talking about earlier in the first segment. So I think Cam Akers needs to have a big game for Florida State. And I suspect that uh, he's going to have a little more success than he has had the first four weeks because he looks, uh, I don't know, he, just this week in practice, he looked he looked better than he had through the first four weeks. The next guy that I think needs to have a big game for Florida State is Keith Gavin. Now, it's getting to be quite ridiculous. Keith Gavin has 17 receptions, 237 yards. He's leading Florida State in receiving yards, but he still hasn't caught a touchdown. He had the one bounce off his hands right into the hands of Jacques Patrick. That's how Jacques Patrick got his touchdown. Gavin needs to find the end zone for his own confidence because it's turning into a Christian Green situation where... You know, Christian Green was really good as a freshman, but just couldn't get out of his own way. Kept you know falling down, you know, right before the end zone. You know, things keep happening to keep Gavin, Keith Gavin to keep him out of the end zone. Now he's been you know really consistent between twenty and twenty, but he needs to he needs to step up and be better inside the red zone. And I think that uh, this is a game where he could find some more success because I I don't believe the Louisville pass defense is very good, so. So, so far, we have uh, Cam Akers and uh, Keith Gavin. We're going to go one on the defensive side of the ball. And I'm going to go with safety A.J. Westbrook, a senior safety who's played pretty well so far this season, but nobody's going to remember it. I talked about this, I believe, on Wednesday's podcast. A.J. Westbrook is never going to be remembered for anything other than the 2016 Louisville game where Florida State, the Florida State defensive staff tried to use him like Derwin James one week after Derwin James went out with his knee injury. Florida State tried to, tried to use him like Derwin James, and Lamar Jackson absolutely ate him up. <clears throat> 
So I, I don't know that Westbrook needs to have a, a big game for Florida State to be successful. I think Westbrook needs to have a big game for himself to put those to put those like demons at ease because he said he said on two on Wednesday that that game was embarrassing that he keeps going back to it that it's going you know that it still lives with him um so I think he he needs this game uh he needs to be a he needs to have a big game for that to happen so in the next segment we'll get into my prediction on my my prediction for the game why I believe it's that way but before we get into that the wait is over. Football season's here, and that means it's fantasy football season, and FanDuel has never been more fun or easier to play. If you're not a fantasy football expert, then FanDuel is clearly the best place to play for you. And FanDuel has something for everyone, and there are more ways to win than ever before. I'm off to a good start this week. I had Brandon Cooks, Todd Gurley, Stefan Diggs, and Kyle Rudolph. I got 70 points before before the weekend even starts. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about this week of fantasy football. So... But if you're excited about fantasy football too, and you enjoy fantasy football, you got to check out FanDuel.com. Plus, new users get a $20 bonus when they make their first deposit on FanDuel. So if you enjoy fantasy football, you've got to check out FanDuel.com. Thanks for sticking with me as we go into the final segment of today's Locked On Seminoles podcast. I really appreciate you guys sticking with me, and I hope you've enjoyed the podcast so far. Jump right into it. It's it's prediction time. You know this uh, Florida State and Louisville are both sitting at two and two. Neither team has gotten a conference win so far this season, and Florida State has a chance to go to go to three and two and get above five hundred for the first time this season. You know, getting a conference win on the road would absolutely just could. It, I can't say enough about what it would do for the confidence of this team, especially if they were to come out and look pretty good doing it. And I think that Florida State's going to find a lot of success. I do. Um, I think that Florida State's going to come out. They're going to build off the first two drives last week. They're going to continue to get better. You know, Florida State looked far better than it had in the first three games uh, last week, while Louisville looked far worse than it had in the first three games against Virginia. So I do think that the teams are kind of diverging at this point, and Louisville doesn't have a quarterback, and they don't really have an offense. They can't run the football, and they you know, they have really, really talented wide receivers, but they don't have anybody to get them the ball. And then on defense, they they struggle to stop the run. They struggle in in pass defense. So I, I think that Florida State's going to take this game, guys. I think that Florida State is going to uh, going to get their first conference win, conference win, and I think they're going to take it 24 to 13. The spread is six and a half. I think Florida State covers that. I don't think this this Louisville offense is very good and is going to be able to put up points on a very good Florida State defense. This isn't Syracuse. They aren't going to run at a quick, high-tempo pace and run Florida State out of gas. That's not going to happen. So I think that the Florida State defense, which has played pretty well outside of you know some big plays, I don't know that Louisville is going to be able to hit those big plays, especially if... Malik Cunningham is the starter because I'm talking about I'm talking about passing plays. Florida State's run defense has been very good. The pass defense has given up some big plays, but if you know I, I, if Malik Cunningham gets the start, he's not a guy that can push the ball downfield. So I don't know that they'll uh, be able to find those big passing plays like uh, some of the previous teams have that have played Florida State. I do think that that if Juwan passes in the game, Florida State might have to focus on that a little bit more. But 
with Malik Cunningham in the game, it's going to be more about stopping him on the ground than it will be stopping him throwing the ball downfield because he, you know, he, he's he's averaging like five and a half yards per attempt. Like he, he just doesn't have the arm to get it downfield. So I think that Florida State will find a lot of success on the defensive side of the ball. And it's going to come down to whether or not Florida State can find success on the off- offensive side of the ball. Louisville special teams are very good, especially the punt returners and kickoff returners. Both are in the top uh, top echelon of, of the country of both of those categories. So I do think that Florida State's going to have to not uh, have to play well in special teams. But on the offensive side of the ball, Florida State's going to have to find a run game. But, th- th- I mean, they're going to have to find a run game and they're going to have to start off quickly. Florida State needs to come out and start off like they did against Northern Illinois. They can't come out and start off like they did against Syracuse where they didn't, I mean, they, they didn't move past the 50 until the final drive of the first half. This is, is Florida State needs to come out, set the tone, start quickly, and that's, that's going to come down to being able to run the football early on first downs. If Florida State on the first two drives, Florida State only averaged like four and a half yards per, or four yards per carry on the first two drives, but they did it by getting positive gains on first, on first down to, to this offense isn't an offense that can get behind the chains. So getting a two or three yard gain on first down actually really helps this offense because it just continued, like it just puts pressure on the defense because they can do so many more different things. There's so many short passes and, you know, and runs that this offense can, can do. And there's so many different, you know, plays that Florida State can run out of the same formation that you really never know what's coming. So if, if Florida State isn't in second and long situations and third and long situations, obviously that's, you know, that's, that really sucks for any team, and it's tough to get out of that. But for this Florida State team particularly, third and longs have been kryptonite. So getting you know, getting two to three yards, three to four yards on first down in the run game or in the short passing game will be absolutely huge for Florida State, particularly early in the game. If, if Florida State can get things going with the way that Louisville's played, yeah, I, I just don't. I just don't see Louisville being able to uh, being able to keep up because this offense isn't built to play from behind. If Florida State can jump on them early, you know it, it could. Um, you know it, it could be over early just because I don't think that this Louisville offense is built to to take advantage or to be able to come back from like a fourteen point deficit. So that's. It's it's going to be interesting to see how Florida State and and Louisville both play this week because you know, this Florida State gave us a little hope last week. They gave us a little hope. It's only a little hope, right? You know, it's it's only it's only a little. It's a baby, but there's a little bit. Whereas you know, Louisville fell off a cliff. <laughs> you know, they the past two weeks they had to come from behind against Western Kentucky. I believe they were down seventeen nothing, then they won twenty to seventeen. Or they might have been down seventeen three. I think they were down seventeen three. So seventeen three, then they got absolutely boat raced by by Virginia. Virginia. So I mean, Louisville's kind of uh, you know it's not very good, right? So you know it maybe you know we. we after last week, we're kind. Of, I'm not really forgetting about the Syracuse loss. I've kind of you know put it in the back of my mind because I just didn't want to think about that horrible experience anymore. 
because it was a horrible experience. Um, also because it was 97 degrees in that, uh, in that dome because they don't believe in air conditioning in the carrier dome. Um, yeah, I'm going to be salty about that through the, uh, for the rest of the year. So you guys are just going to have to deal with that one. But, um, yeah, I, I do think that Florida State showed, gave us some hope of what this offense can look like in the first two drives and then with the big plays. And, you, I mean, even after the first two drives, Florida State sustained a couple more drives. They just ended up in field goals or they ended up in a fumble. And you've got to get those things corrected. But the offense was moving the football. And moving the football consistently throughout the game, and I, or, well, until the third quarter when Juwan Williams came in and Florida State couldn't throw a pass for fear of you know Northern Illinois planting DeAndre Francois to the ground, but I, I do think that, that that there's some hope there, and I, I'm trying not to get too carried away with it because yes, it, it was Northern Illinois. They were very good defense. That offense was horrible, but the you know. The, you don't want to correct too far off one game. What we saw in Florida State through the first three games is real, and you don't want to correct too far off just one game, but there is some hope there. And I think that uh, Florida State's going to continue to build on that this week. So I think Florida State gets it done, 24-13. That'll be all for this edition of the Locked On Seminoles podcast. I'll be back Monday talking about Florida State's uh, Florida State's game against Louisville. Hopefully we get to discuss a win because that is so much more fun to discuss than a loss. And um, I'll be back on Monday, but I hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Locked On Seminoles podcast. I'm Wayne McGahey. Have a wonderful day.